CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Melissa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's Fangirls, who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how are you on this fine Monday? I've survived a hurricane. I've survived yeah. a broken computer. So yeah. I'm thriving today. <laughs> That's a lot to overcome in a very short amount of time. It really is. And, you know, I think... Obviously, I'm not, like, superwoman, but right. I did, like, <laughs> sit in a closet with two cats and a roommate for, like, two hours um, on Thursday of last week when Hurricane Dorian was just, like, chugging along doing his thing. So I yeah. feel like I can really, um, I can suffer through a lot, like, a lot more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a weakling because I did nothing that came close to that. So luckily, I am inland. You know what? And that's a good thing, Alyssa. I don't, like, begrudge <laughs> you that at all. Yeah. Um, we chose to live this life, <laughs> and mm. this is what we get. I mean, if you yeah. want to live by the beach, this is just, like, one of those things. But, you know, thank God, like, everyone is pretty much okay. The Bahamas had it really bad, and so, like, sending thoughts to them. Um, I don't really want to say sending thoughts and prayers because, ugh. But, I know. But really, they like— ruined, They ruined that phrase. They, they did. Really did. And I do want to send thoughts and prayers, but I can't say that anymore <laughs> because no. these fucking assholes— um, right. No, but it, I mean, we definitely didn't get it as bad as they did down there. So that's a that's a small blessing. Um, and I, I was telling you, I got to watch Booksmart uh, <laughs> on my yes. like day off while the power was going in and out. So it did take <laughs> it took a few more hours than the regular runtime of that movie. Um, sure, but it was worth it. So yeah, Booksmart. However, you can get it is definitely worth worth it oh a hundred percent i love oh my gosh i love everyone in that movie but i think it's just crazy that that's like olivia wilde's like debut it's her first mo- yeah. it's her first directing movie that's insane to me because the it's so like confident and it's just it's so unique in just the way that she uses film as a visual medium like i could go on and on about how much i love that movie yeah the voice is just so distinct i mean like who gave her the right? I just, it's like insane. <laughs> yeah, but, I can't um, wait. I can't wait to see what she does next. And hopefully it'll be with Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein because they're both amazing. Oh my gosh. I, um, so Caitlin Deaver is, ha- has a Netflix show coming out, Unbelievable. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I'm so excited for it. Okay, Even so- though I'm like, I'm on kind of a true crime hiatus because it was making me feel bad and I know this isn't like true crime it's just crime but whenever I think of crime I think true crime because I listen to too many podcasts but like I'm gonna like break my hiatus this week to watch um the new season of Mindhunter and Unbelievable because they both just look so good yes okay so Mindhunter season two is the shit it's so fucking good yeah um but this Unbelievable show I've like screened it early and I actually watched it with my roommate who works for uh, Rape Crisis Center in here in Wilmington, which they're oh, awesome. Wow. They do amazing work. And yeah. she was, like, blown away by how 
realistic and how true like the experiences were and you know it's it's definitely like a tough watch but uh, caitlin dever just does such amazing work in that and merritt weaver's in it tony collette i mean it's just that's i mean just those three names that is enough to get me to watch anything anything tony collette oh my god you will not regret it it's so fucking good As we pivot from that to right. um, medieval <laughs> men talking in rooms, which is basically exactly. all this episode was. Episode three of season one. It's a good episode, but it is like, it is a lot of talking. Like Look, so much talking. Do I want to jump to season three, Alyssa? Yes, I do. Because, <sighs> you know, we love that season. Yeah. Um, but we do have to talk about these men making plans. Right. Um, and not following through on some of them. So, yeah, uh, yeah this episode was, ugh, it was a lot of planning. It was a lot of plotting. I, I usually like that kind of stuff, but it felt, I don't know. And again, I don't want to bring up that, you know, I've survived a hurricane. But I have survived <laughs> a hurricane, and I feel like I wanted some action. I wanted a reward, and I didn't get it this episode. You know, it's interesting because, like, this this episode it's a it's an, a very important episode in that it sets up a lot of mechanics going forward but like the getting there is a little arduous you mm-hmm. know like at the beginning of the episode you have Alfred's brother Athelred who did not do well in the battle well the battle went okay he personally had a bit of a rough go of it and is like dying and, you know, so you've got Alfred, like, poised to take control. And then you've got Uhtred and Brita in jail, who are not mad about it, but taking very different, like, ways to use this information. You know, like, Uhtred is like, oh, awesome. I can, like, use this guy for power. And Brita's like, dude, this guy sucks. We need to get out of Dodge. Yeah, Brita is the smart one in this case. Um, yes. And, I mean... <sighs> I know we like Stan Brita, so that's going to be a lot of what you hear on this podcast. <laughs> this is a Brita-loving podcast 100% all day, every day. It is, and we have no shame in that. But I <laughs> I will say, okay, so th- this scene when we kind of start out, so so yeah, the king is basically dead. He took an axe to the chest. I mean, that's that knocks the best of us out, you know. And <laughs> so Uhtred is still in prison. Um, he's not trusted, really. And him and Breeder are kind of just sitting in there passing the time. And then Bioka comes up with these apples and bread and cheese thinking, oh, you know, they're going to be so grateful that Alfred is even thinking about, like, believing them and helping them out. And there's a, a line that Brita throws at him after he's, like, told her to shut up and use this time to contemplate her life choices and all this, you know, misogynist bullshit. And she's like, I will use this time to curse you. And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> I have that written down in all caps in my notes. And then following that, it says, I would die for Brita. And it's just, it's so true. Like, oh, my God, everything she does is a power move. I love her. I will use this time to curse you. And do it. Yeah, it's a whole ass mood for this year. But I I want to find a way to, like, be able to say that to someone in my own life. So, right? <laughs> I mean, if anyone wants to throw out suggestions of, like, when that might be appropriate to use, please send them my right. way. Um, right. Or if you want to use it, you know, use it to your husband, use it to your boss. I don't care. But, right. yeah, just channel some Brita in your, in your life this week because she... I just love her, and she's just too good for this whole situation. Uhtred, at this point, he's still so arrogant and so, like, focused on, okay, how am I going to make money? 
Like, how am I going to become a Lord? I just, I have a hard time. Like, I know that with each season, he's more compelling. But in the going back and watching these early episodes, I'm like, oh, God, you are killing me, man. It's hard to root for you because you're so single-minded and you're missing these, like, huge red flags about Alfred and the Saxons. Just, like, the biggest red flags. Look, someone should have played that song for Uhtred. More money, more problems. Like, <laughs> if you're going to make this play for land and power, you have to you have to start thinking like a Saxon. And I think that's Uhtred's overall problem in this first season is he's wanting to play this game with these English lords, but he doesn't really know what that entails. And so instead of think instead of being this clever, oh, I'm I'm only going to show them what I want them to see. He doesn't realize that he's playing against the masters. I mean, I think as kind of fearsome as the Danes are on the battlefield. I don't know that there's a lot of political maneuvering, you know, and and backstabbing and, and things that these Saxon lords really like deal with in spades. So he's outmatched and he just doesn't realize it. And I think Brita knows that he's not the sharpest tool in the shed and he's going to get taken advantage of. And I think, you know, obviously we see him we see him realize that a little bit too late later in the season. Right now, it's just really hard to watch because you just know he's going to get knocked on his ass in a sec. Well, that's the thing is I feel like with the with the Danes, like there's plenty of backstabbing and infighting and all that. But I feel like they're more upfront about it. Like yeah. the Danes are going to come and like hit you over the head with an axe while the Saxons are going to, you know, talk shit about you in a back corner. You know what I mean? And, and Uhtred, he just he's so... He just, he doesn't get it. He thinks he has more power than he actually does. And he wants Alfred to beg him to come and help him. But he he doesn't realize that while Alfred may not be the man of action like he is, that doesn't mean that he's not powerful. Right. Yeah. I think it's just a, it's an inability on Utrecht's part to really size up uh, his opponent and and look past the kind of frail <laughs> um, <laughs> vegan form <laughs> of Alfred and and see him for, you know, his real strength and his real, like, lethalness, which is his his mind and how he thinks. It's not a good day for Uhtred and the fact that, you know, Alfred ends up becoming king. He, he ends up ascending. He has all this power to, you know, grant Uhtred these wishes, and he still says, nah, like, you still got to prove yourself. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, like Alfred ascends to power in this episode and you can already see like the schisms kind of forming in the Saxons. And you can see Athelwald, who's like so mad about his, you know, his dad dying before he could name him heir, which he was never going to do anyway. You know what I mean? Like Athelwald spends most of this episode like wandering around in a mock turtleneck poncho and getting like <laughs> drunk in a barn. You know, <laughs> like he was never gonna be the man. No to shame. Lead Wessex. No shame in that game. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're planning on uh, whispering in your dying father's ear and trying to you know get him to name you king in his like hallucinatory state, right. maybe don't maybe like whore it up one night. Right. Maybe sober up and get there on time. Take and, a bath. <laughs> yeah. Change your clothes and have a game plan, man, because he just didn't. But he's so entitled, like so many of these men are. And he just assumed that he would be able to, like, you know, manipulate his way into a kingship. But Alfred was more with it this time. Oh, my God. I cringed when he... 
when he like came in after you know so after he like woke up with the pigs and yeah. found out his dad had died and he came in and was like well, didn't you know, like, my dad named me King, you know? And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> like, Did he well, know? We'll take, we'll take that to the Witten. But everyone here heard him say Alfred. Right. And poor Athelwald. I mean, not poor Athelwald. No, but, not poor Athelwald. Never but, poor dude, Athelwald. Dude, I just, I was just like, come, I just walk out. Just cut right. your losses. You know, you, you enjoy drinking all the time and just having loads of random sex with all these women just keep doing that what's i mean that's that's the thing that i'm always confused by maybe i just don't have that drive for power but whenever i see characters like this who are so like lackadaisical and have no you know actual ambition to like actually do something you know they just want the title i'm like why? Why would you want to be king where you'd actually have to work and go to battle and all that shit when what you're doing now, you could just keep doing in perpetuity forever? Yeah. It's I don't, not like you're I don't having understand. to struggle to survive. <laughs> right. Like being the, you know, the son of a former king but not the actual king would be a pretty sweet deal. Like you'd get all the money and the women and the drinking, but you wouldn't have to, like, you know, be hunched over your quill all day documenting your exploits. Yeah. And actually, you know, ruling things. So it's all the reward, like none of the consequences. And I can't, it's kind of weird to me because we do see Ethelwald later in this show really kind of become this kind of scheming manipulator. He's super good at it. But to see him not realize that, like, basic truth about his situation where he could, like, he could still have influence and, like, do whatever he wanted but not have that, like, burden. It's right. just, it's insane to me how much he risks just to have that title when, when it, he doesn't really want it. So. Right. I can get with the betrayal and the backstabbing. I just, be logical about it. I mean, know <laughs> what you're going for, you know? Exactly. Exactly. He's, I just, he makes character decisions that I don't always understand, which is fine, but I I could use a little clarity on what he really wanted. But I do understand why other people would want to set him up because as smart as he thinks he is, he's very easily manipulated. So I could see why guys like young Otto would be like, oh yeah, I want this guy in charge because I can tell him what to do or I can flatter him and he'll give me what I want. So I can see him being an appealing choice to a certain kind of social climber, but I don't understand why he wants it for himself. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously it's not something he's going to get anytime soon because Alfred um, kind of securely has that crown, you know, gripped between his two hands. I mean, it's it's his. He's not going to give it up. And and he has he has real plans for the future. I mean, I don't know if I agree with all of his decision making, but he does have a vision and he is working towards something. And I think that's, you know, maybe for the younger crowd that just wants to move up and gain power and gain titles, Ethelwald would be the better choice. But for the guys that are already in there, for the old timers that have just like been around and actually want to make this country better, Alfred is clearly the superior choice. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, like, you mentioned that he has plans. Like, one of the things that I noticed in this episode was how obsessed he was with writing down how things happened in a very specific way. He's like, like, especially when he was, like, talking with the Danish lords later, he was like, 
they're writing down everything that's being said because it is going to be known that Alfred was fair, but like serious. You know what I mean? Like I, I did these things in this way and that is how it will be remembered. So he doesn't just want to get things done. He wants to have a very specific legacy, which I think is not disingenuous, but just the idea that how he's remembered is even more important to him than how things actually go down really sets up a pretty stark dichotomy sometimes. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's just another an added layer to Alfred. I think we see that push and pull within him when he's, you know, getting getting a little frisky with the maid and and then he's like oh you know but my religion and I need to be pure and and he has a lot of he has a lot of things pulling at him there's things that he wants to do and then things that he feels he has to do and I think it's interesting to see him try to come to the middle on some of that so like you said he's he's working towards something so that that's Mm -hmm. the good and that's what he has to do but he's also making sure that he looks good while doing it and that's exactly the kind of selfish, self-centered part of Alfred that he's never really able to get rid of. I mean, it's it's something that plagues him in a way that doesn't plague a lot of other men or, or, or people in general on the show because I think, you know, someone like Uhtred is totally fine with that being all about him. You know, it's his life. Right. But he's going to do what he has to do. I think Alfred has been brought up, like, in his religion but also in his kind of status as a royal to have to think in two ways to think about, you know, his people and then to think about himself. And right. it, it's interesting to watch it. I mean, I again, it some of the shit he does, I'm just like, dude, like, you're such a fucking hypocrite. But mm-hmm. I'm not in that position. So I don't, you know what I mean? I'm I'm more of an Uhtred type, like, is all about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny, like, that you could really tell that conflict within him this episode, like, because Bayako was like the biggest cock block Ever Ugh. Like, first he was, like, you know, knocking on the door when Elswith was all horny for her husband. And then he was, like, interrupting him later when he was getting it on with the maid. And he and you could tell that Alfred was just like, Ugh, I just want to bone without God's intervention right now. You know Seriously, what I mean? Seriously, like, let Alfred fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he wants to be, like, just a man. But at the same time, he could never let himself be just a man because that's not the legacy that he wants to leave behind. And that, I think, is a really tough position to put yourself in. And one that I just, I don't think I would ever do. You know, like, I have mixed feelings on Alfred, like, to this day. Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen, you know, every season. But the, I related to him so hard this episode <laughs> when he's, like, so he's, like, come back from battle, right? He's been cock-blocked twice. And then he, like, gets into this <laughs> argument with Bioka and he's, like, I just need meat. Like, right. I need, I, he's, like, my lord needs feeding. And I was, like, fuck yeah, Alfred. You go get your beef. You know, you don't need this porridge shit. You go get your beef. You go get your woman. You have right. earned these things. Right. So it's, like, there's a part of me that really wants Alfred to just be able to, like, let loose and and be like a normal dude a little bit and i feel like maybe if he did i wouldn't see him as such a like stick up the ass kind of character right but no nobody, one's letting him do it nobody wants gruel and prayer time after you've just like kicked ass on the battlefield like that's no. not what you want you want a steak and you want a willing person and that's it you know what i mean like <laughs> I need a new york strip right <laughs> and i need a redheaded housemaid <laughs> 
Exactly. And I think that that conflict between the man that he is and the man that he wants to be causes a lot of internal conflict in Alfred. And that kind of plays out with him and Uhtred, too, because I think he sees that like Uhtred as kind of getting what he doesn't have. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the power that Alfred does. But he gets to do what he wants, mostly. Like, there are consequences to his actions, but he can, like, you know, go brawl, go fuck Brita, and he's, like, down to clown, and Alfred has to be more of a grown-up than that. Yeah, I mean, I think, we'll see that, like, later on. There's such a, there's a lot of envy on Alfred's part when it comes to Uhtred and that kind of relationship. It, it's interesting, because you think about, like, they both are so envious of each other right. um, in different ways, and, and sometimes I don't think they even realize how much they, like, covet what the other has. So it's cool that they're, you know, they're setting that up this episode, especially with the back and forth between him and Uhtred of, like, trying to negotiate this deal. Like, are you going to sell me your sword, or do you really want to, you know, own this land and be a lord? And And they're just kind of trying to feel each other out and test each other's limits, and I think they do it in ways like they do it by holding over, you know, each other's head what the other doesn't have. So, sure. so Uhtred has, you know, this battle prowess. He's he's able to inspire a lot of loyalty in people and men. I mean, you see that with Brita. And he's young and, and he's he's got a lot going for him. And then Alfred. And he's not sickly and eating not cream sickly. of wheat for every meal. <laughs> <laughs> he's not eating that fucking Oliver Twist gruel that they love to Please, feed him. sir, I do not want any more. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brita. He was, um, Uhtred was like, you didn't eat? She was like, I would only throw it up. <laughs> I was like, I feel you, girl. But no, yeah. and, and Alfred has got has got this power in this land and this status and that's you know, what Uhtred wants for some fucking reason. I don't know. And so, yeah, it's it's cool to see them kind of go back and forth this episode. Uhtred is not interested in impressing Alfred at all. And Alfred is not used to not being impressed. So, yeah. I don't know. I liked that. Yeah, I did. I liked that a lot. And I think there was a lot of conflict between people this episode. But I feel like we need to talk a little bit more about Uhtred and Brita. Because, mm. like, ugh. When she it's going south her, and it's going south fast. It is. And it's, you know, we knew this was going to happen because, like, even when they were, you know, in love and on the run, it was like, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, Middle Ages style. But, like, there was always that difference of opinion that really just got brought to a head in this episode. And I think, I don't know, like, it was sad. Like, Brita makes him better, I think. And they were never going to agree. And that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah, it it hurts me to see, you know, obviously Brita is Brita's such a loyal person. And, and yeah. that's why she's stuck with, you know, Uhtred. But that's also why she's, you know, she's protecting Ragnar's wealth and his legacy and and still wanting to find young Ragnar and, and tell him what happened. And she's just got this, like, deep sense of loyalty to the Danes and to Uhtred and Uhtred has none of that. Like, the bro is not loyal. Like, he is just out for himself. And to see Brita kind of struggling in this situation he's put her in, she's yeah. constantly being told to shut her fucking mouth and to, like, be this lady, this Saxon lady. And she has no idea how to do that. And she's eating gruel and she's just sleeping out in the woods and... You know, Uhtred is just not listening to anything she has to say, any advice she has to give. It's just so frustrating. And I think you see it wear her down this episode so much. And it ends with that 
awful, awful scene of, of her having a miscarriage in the woods um, and her and Uhtred, you know, burying the baby. And it was just really hard. It was really hard to see her, like, suffer like that. I think the only bright spot is probably that vision that she had. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, you know, that miscarriage, it was so awful. And it was just such, it was such a, like, manifestation of the death of their relationship in a way, too. Mm. You know, like, they they were never going to be in sync again because they had such different goals now. The unsuccessful pregnancy was just another sign of this unsuccessful relationship. And I'm glad that... You know, she got that out, though, you know, like she talked about how she didn't want to be a Saxon lady and they and the Saxons were never going to listen to her or take her seriously anyway. So when Ragnar shows up and, you know, believes her in Uhtred and is like ready to go avenge his father, she gets that easy out, you know, well, not easy, but she gets an out that actually still gives her purpose instead of just leaving Alf or Uhtred and striking out on her own. Yeah, follow your dreams, girl, and follow them straight to young Ragnar because he is <laughs> He's the, the hottest thing. <laughs> and I would say hottest things in sliced bread, but they don't have sliced bread yet. Right. So. He is predating sliced bread, which pre-dating. is something. That's how fucking hot he is, okay? He's like, um, you know, yeast loaf or whatever the fuck they <laughs> ate back then. But yeah, I think that the the baby, you know, the miscarriage and the, that baby was there. It was like their Usher album. Like it was obvious that that was the end of that relationship. It's sad, but I think. But at the same time, I think Utrecht really handled himself pretty well in the end. You he know, did, like yeah. he made it known like he loved her. She will always be important to him. And he didn't, like, begrudge her leaving to go live a different life, which is pretty rare. Like, I feel like most dudes would be like, oh, how could you leave me? You're the worst. But Uhtred, you know, sometimes he's not a total wang. Yeah, I, it was really, it was very mature of Uhtred, and I was very surprised by it. Um, you know, that he was just like, go, go do your own thing. Be happy. I want you to be happy. And I think that comes, you know, even more than their romantic relationship i think that comes from the bond they've had since they were children you know what i mean it's it's not like this is just some girl that he's been hooking up with for the past few months like this is this is his best friend this is you know in a way his sister he grew up with her and then they became something else i mean it's just someone that's just so inextricably linked to your life that you it's almost like that's how you have to part because you know, you might not see each other again. This, it's not like we're going to, like, hook up at a Starbucks in a couple of months to see how each other's doing. You know, like, this could be it for them. And I just appreciated that that's the way that Uhtred wanted to, to end things, you know. Yeah, even though they're on, like, different sides of the conflict now, now that he's Saxon and she's Dane, like, there's always going to be that bond between them. And I really love that about their relationship, even as the relationship, like, changes forms it's still there which is important because like in this episode it really becomes clear like how bad the conflict between the saxons and danes is gonna get you know like yes alfred his you know he had all these high and mighty plans of brokering peace but not actually giving up any ground and surprisingly enough you know these dudes who are used to just you know raping and pillaging their way to supremacy didn't really go for that. So (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy to me. I just can't imagine. Poor Um, Abba. Abba was so shocked that they weren't (laughs) going to surrender. He was like, wait, 
You're not fucking this, surrendering? This what is, are we doing here? This isn't how this goes. This is not your role to play. <laughs> I loved it. You know, I yeah. love, I love oh. me some Abba. Mm. I know. He's like, he's such a, like a weird character because like he's so terrifying, but he's also hilarious. And yes, I love that dichotomy. Um, but yeah, like at the end of this episode, like Utroid is going to really, really turn against his Danish upbringing. Like this is the final. I am a Saxon now because they can give me what I want. And, you know, he's going to he's going to train the Saxons to fight like Danes. It's crazy. I mean, it's insane. Right. Like it's like you grew up like with these people and all that you are is because of of the Danes. I mean, from the way you fight to the way you handle yourself to the way you think about things and approach life like it's all Dane. So for you to like throw his that religion all away, is Dane, his yes. haircut is Dane, everything oh, is Dane. That haircut <laughs> would not survive in Wessex, okay? No. <laughs> They're gonna give you a bowl cut real quick, buddy. Like right. it's gonna be gross. <laughs> He's never going to look like an alderman. You know what no, I mean? Like he's, and he's he, never going to be accepted as one. I just. Right. The, I, and all for for what? I mean, you could go get land and lots of money by doing the Danish thing, which would be to pillage and and conquer new lands. I mean, I just there's other avenues for you to get what you want. It's just weird that he's doing it this way, especially when when we saw him as a kid and, you know, the the kind of beginning of this season he was not it's not like he had a really close bond with his dad and maybe that's fueling it he definitely didn't have a close bond with any of his other family members they were trying to kill him you know he wasn't even gonna being a lord he was the spare he was the spare and bayaka was like his only friend and if bayaka is your only link like that's a tenuous link at best that's sad bro that's (laughs) real sad yeah (laughs) like the priest was your only friend growing up like (sighs) more embarrassing I would like you to swear an oath on holy relics, a year's service. His insistence on doing this for to, to get back to Bevenberg, it's still something I don't understand. And we're, you know, seasons in at this point. It's just, I mean, it become, it ends up becoming muddled. And, and I feel like maybe he's earned it more now than he has at this point. This like want to go back home. But yeah, it's just such a it's such a strange thing because, you know, even when we first meet him as an adult and he's still like with the family and everything before so much like tragedy happens, he's still thinking, well, I don't know if I want to get with Brita because would I be a real Dane? Like he still wants to be a real Dane at that point. And then it just switches so quick. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, it, it's weird to me. It's, it doesn't make sense like character development wise. And so I feel like maybe that's also why I have a problem believing, you know, that he would just like give it all up, like throw it all away. But maybe I just don't fucking like the Saxon way of life, and I'm meant to be a Viking and conquer worlds. Who knows? Listen, I respect that. I think that's a totally valid way to look at the world. Look, (laughs) this hurricane has really done something to my ego, and we need to put it in check fast. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? Like, I I feel like I'm, like, Jim Cantori, like, out there weathering the storm, (laughs) and I wasn't. I was inside eating popcorn, watching Booksmart, okay? Right. Um... Yeah. You did what you had to do to survive. <laughs> I did what I had to do, yeah. Um, much like, you know, Uhtred is doing now, I guess. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned-out lashes. 
With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So it's time for our next episode wishes. You guys know the drill. Uh, This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes, like these spoiled toddlers that we are. Um, Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. So I really enjoy seeing Uhtred School the Saxons on How to Defeat the Danes, even if it feels like, you know, like we talked about, like it feels like he's really betraying his people because he's been a Dane for so long. But at the same time, your girl loves a training montage. I woo, will woo, watch woo. a training montage <laughs> all day long, whether Hell, it's this yes. one, whether it's Rocky in the Ocean, like give me a training montage. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, like I'm sort of conflicted because, you know, Brita's made her exit. So I know we won't see her for a while. But at the same time, like, part of me is hoping that maybe this time when I rewatch the series, like, (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to, like, see Rita thriving. You know, she's left Utra behind. She's her own woman. And I just want to see her sort of blossoming and accepting the fact that no one is hot enough to dim your shine, my queen. And I just I want a good life for her. And I think that's more attainable with Ragnar than Utrid. If we just start hallucinating, like, scenes that Brita's in 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 this show, in this first season, and she's not really in the show at all, just fucking deal with it, okay? I think that's just called fan fiction, you know? We're just going (laughs) to fan fiction our way through this season um, and add Brita in where we can because that's Mm -hmm. what we deserve in 2019. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. A year. It starts with a year and becomes a lifetime. And he offered you a wife. I have no need of a wife. Instead, you swore an oath to kill Danes. I want to see Uhtred not be such an idiot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's asking Fair. for a lot. Fair. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get it. But he's just such an—his ignorance and greed is is really compromising his relationships and who he is this episode. And I don't think he has a really strong plan for the future. And— He's being manipulated in in many different ways by many different people. I don't think he's even realizing it. And it's a little hard to watch. I mean, it's it, because it's just kind of his foundations are crumbling and he thinks he's, you know, just climbing the ladder. But he's going to fall and there's going to be no net to, like, hold him. It's, it's, it's really rough. And so I want to see him, I don't know, get a little pissed, demand a little <laughs> bit of land. Yeah. Maybe like don't be, you know, Alfred's bitch so much next episode. Just stand up for yourself a little bit more. And maybe yeah. stop thinking about money so much, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's a very salient point, and Uhtred should listen to you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, look, it's it's medieval times. Like, what do you, you've got, like, probably five good years left, Max. <laughs> like, is, is money really the most important thing, or should mm. you, like, be going out having adventures, you know, living your best life? Like, I just feel like your, your lifespan back then was so short. I can't right. imagine just hammering away at a field, you know, plowing <sighs> through a year, just right. to, like, get maybe another parcel of land. I, it's just yeah. insane to me. Yeah, that makes sense. That does Go not... pillage. Go pillage. <laughs> go, like, he's so, he's so, like, Ugh, I don't want to go to Ireland to go and find Ragnar. Um, That sounds amazing. What is better than Ireland when your other option is, like, hanging out in Wessex with some king who only eats oatmeal? Look, Ireland is beautiful this time of year, okay? And, like, just the green fields, the open, like, space. You could just yeah. do whatever the fuck you want. You don't have Alfred and his, like, pious priests trying to, like, browbeat you into doing what they want you to do. Like, I don't know. The choice seems very easy for me. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our Arsling of the Week is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who was your Arsling of the Week this week? Um, I think we already know. It was Brita. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was mine last week, so I picked a different one this time. I and get it. Um, it's then hard. Thank you for releasing her because now she's mine this week. <laughs> no, she's just, I, I just loved, I, I loved um, how angry she was this whole episode. It really spoke to me. But yeah. really, you know, her, like, just throwing food at Bioka and speaking up when all of the men were present and, and, you know, explaining why the Danes shaved their teeth and just every line she had was so Hardcore. intimidating and like such a dig at the Saxons in such a satisfying way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I really loved it. And and then, of course, you know, she she suffers so much this episode and, and goes through a really traumatic thing with this miscarriage. And she's still so strong and she's so kind of, you know, self, she's confident in herself and what she wants for herself. And I think that's something that, you know, all of us can appreciate, especially women. And to think that she was like that even in that time when it was just yeah. so difficult to be like that. So yeah. I'm not going to cry, but I do love Frida a lot. She's the best. <laughs> she is the best. <laughs> so this week, mine is Ragnar. Like, he was only in the episode just for like a brief amount of time. But he's just he's one of those characters <sighs> that I'm always happy to see him. You know what I mean? Like, he's so compelling and he's so like... He's so, anyway, I could go on and on about Ragnar, but it's like, he's so noble at the same time as being, you know, a total badass. Like he goes there, he's like ready to fight Uhtred because he's heard the stories about, you know, what happened to his dad. But at the same time, even though he's like hurting and angry, he still believes Uhtred and he still trusts his friend and his brother. You know what I mean? And that on a show where everybody is suspicious of everybody else, I think having that kind of trusting relationship is really worth its weight in gold. You know, like he's, ugh, it's true brotherhood and I am living for it. Plus, he understands immediately that Breed is a badass and totally awesome and someone you want to, you know, keep around, which is more that can be said for these, you know, Saxon dickheads who are undermining her at every turn. He's such a real one. And you know what? I've realized that 
since like watching this season over again and like kind of getting to to know like the beginning of his character, he reminds me so much of Tormund from Game of Thrones. Aww. Like the way he's introduced and like the the attitude he has towards Brita and just like I don't know, there's just such a pure sense of like loyalty and like I you know, I know that he's like pillaging and stuff. Okay. But let's like forget <laughs> that for a second. And like he wants to do the right thing and like I don't know. There's just there's so much to like about Ragnar, but I agree. That's such a good choice because um I mean, it's never long enough to have Ragnar on the screen, but Agreed. I did like that little vision of him sailing into the sunset with Brita. Yeah. Uh, it made it all worth it. Yeah. Get ready to shame none, the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're Saxon or Dane, anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the week in our What a Turd segment. So, Alyssa, who was your turd this week? Okay, so there was definitely a battle over which son is the shittiest between young Otta <laughs> and Athelwald, but I'm gonna have to, Yeah, they're just, they're both... Ugh, they're both so ineffectual but so power hungry at the same time and it just makes me so mad but I'm gonna have to give it to Athelwald here because this fucking guy like his dad is <laughs> on his deathbed and he's out there you know getting white girl wasted and sleeping it off in a pig pen and I'm just like listen like I get it Athelred probably wasn't the most you know loving and attentive dad but like you know, if you want to get a kingship, play the fucking game, dude. And he just, he fumbled it. He fumbled it. Nephew of the king. No, I am not the nephew of the king. I am the king. But Alfred likes to pretend and every bastard appears to be happy with the lie. <laughs> he fumbled it hard, okay? Hard. We've all got blackout drunk, woken up in a barn. Maybe a, a farm animal was there. I don't know. But I don't know if your life. You it's fine. To, <laughs> if you're going to, you know, say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become king. This is what I have to do to do it. And I don't mind doing it. Then just follow through. It's the follow through that I, <laughs> like, have such a problem with with some yeah. of these characters. Like, yeah. make a plan and then fucking do it. Do it. I, like... <laughs> If you're going to, like, take the crown, take the fucking crown. I, right. Like, I don't get it. So that's right. my whole thing with Athelwald. I think I'd respect his his scheming a little bit more if he followed through with it. Yeah, I, I agree. So let that be a lesson to all of you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to scheme against us, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, well, there's one guy, my turn of the week uh, is the guy who is doing a lot of scheming, and I think he's able to hide it behind his fucking cross necklace that he wears all the time, uh, mm. Bioka. I yeah. cannot stand Bioka this episode. It and was a rough one for him, that's for sure. It was Very hard. unappealing. I mean, he gets better. We, you know, he, right. we all know he gets better. Right. But at this point, it's like, th- he's constantly disrespecting Brita. So, the you worst. know, that's like two strikes against you right, right there. That's an and automatic addition to the shit list right there. 100%. That's eject. You're you're out. That's a red card. That's an ejection. Like get the <laughs> fuck out of here. And two, I don't believe I know that Utrid sees him as this, you know, he's someone from his past and he's this kind of like pillar that he can hold on to and and maybe manipulate and use to his own advantage. I think it's the other way around. I think Bioka sees Uhtred, he sees this young gun coming in, he's got some kind of claim, but it's not strong enough yet. He can 
manipulate him and make him do what he wants to further this goal of a unified England, of a, of a you know, one religion, England, and kind of dangle this carrot in front of Uhtred's face. And he's doing it by playing on, you know, the fact that he knew him as a boy. So he knows some of his insecurities. He knows some of his background. He knows what he wants. And I, I just have a problem at this point in the show believing that Bioka really cares about Uhtred. Like, I don't think he does. I think he sees him and says, oh, I used to love this kid. He was such a, a loud mouth, such a troublemaker, you know. But also but he's a means to an end. He's a means to an end. He's a pawn. I think yeah. that's how Bioka sees him. And it's so annoying because Uhtred cannot see that. Uhtred think it, he's just... You know, here's this sweet bald priest. Like he's got, I can just play him like a fiddle. You know, and that's not how it is. Bioka is, he's almost as shrewd as Alfred, uh, Alfred in in this episode, and uh, Uhtred is just so outmatched at this point. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this week. Jessica, what did it for you this episode? So I like to say one day we will get through that intro for this segment without <laughs> laughing. No, um, never. It's clearly not going to be today. <laughs> but we might mature at one point I don't think you so. to this. I'm Who 30. Knows? I'm fully baked now. If that makes me laugh now, <laughs> it's going to make baked. me laugh forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's... I don't know if we're that serious of a podcast. Maybe that's what should change about that intro. Oh, no, um, that intro is 100% <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. Let's be real now. <laughs> Look, um, I'm very surprised about this, and I don't want to feel any kind of judgment <laughs> from any of you. Mm. But I have to say that Alfred really did it for me this episode. <sighs> we're going to have to disagree. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. And I'm still questioning myself. But mm-hmm. I'm just instinctually, I mean, he's just, he's swinging that dick around. <laughs> he's beaten the Saxons or he's beaten Beat the Danes. The Danes yeah. You know, he's led the Saxons to victory. There's just a lot of swagger there. And I'm okay. not too proud to say that that idea of like power and wielding power, like really... I don't know. It's some. It's like medieval beer goggles or something. It's like, oh, he's a king. <laughs> oh, you know, like that he can like the really. King now, and that's yeah, you know, that 25% can explain away hotter. a lot of other problems, like the fact that he can't eat meat or that he has like IBS. <laughs> I'm willing to look past that with if you wear that crown um, while we're getting down. <laughs> See, but here's the thing, though. Like for me, this episode. Sure, like, he's got that kingly swagger, but also we heard Alfred's dirty talk in the bedroom, and it really leaves a lot to be desired. Like, Are you kidding? I Are you serious? Like, the whole you Alyssa. are England. I was like, oh, my Alyssa, God, if someone no. told you, you are England, I would be like, fuck yes, I'm England. <laughs> like, come worship England. <laughs> It did not. It did not work for me. But I really loved how after Bayaka came and broke up the illicit lovemaking, like the girl who was getting it on with Alfred, when when Bayaka was leaving, and he's like, "Oh, maybe we can, you know, finish." She's like, "The milk is spoiled," and just like walks <laughs> out. I'm like, "Oh, power okay. move." <laughs> the 
that's pretty good. And the next time I go on a terrible Tinder date, I may use that as an exit strategy. That's fucking hilarious. Please do. <laughs> but for me, like, I, my thirstiest moment was definitely Brita and Uhtred, like, getting it on during the coronation. Because, mm-hmm. like, that is more of a power move than, like, actually becoming king, I think, at this point. Like, True that. I mean, he's like, yeah, you're the king, but also I get to eat meat and fuck my girlfriend. So <laughs> who's really winning here? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. I get that. But, yeah. you know, I am not here to shame anybody for their preferences. Like, I get it. Everybody's got their thing. So Look, it was a weak moment for me. I've been through a lot this week and I don't appreciate <laughs> He could shelter okay. you from a hurricane and that in and of itself is sexy. I need security and stability at this point in my life. <laughs> That's what speaks to me the most. I get it. I get it. Well, 100%. Well, yeah. we all have those moments. Sure. I'm not ashamed to share mine with you guys. I get it. Okay, let's get to our favorite part of the episode. Yes. This is our geek out uh, segment where we kind of get excited about what's what's happening in the world of entertainment um, aside from The Last Kingdom. Right. I think it's safe to say we have never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. Uh, we annoy our family, our friends. Now you guys are loyal listeners. Um, so welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions what we think you should be watching and reading and standing with us. Um, and we want to hear yours, too. But right now we're going to talk your ear off about ours. So, Alyssa, what are you geeking out about? Okay, so I know this was yours last week, but I have fully Take binged it. The Dark Crystal Age of <laughs> yes, Resistance yes, yes. twice. I have watched it twice since then. And I just, we need to talk about it. It's another Netflix joint. It's incredible. And I would die for Deet. I would die for her. I would put my body on the line so that that little gelfling could get a chance to thrive. I love it's her. Amazing. It's amazing. Isn't it? So, I mean, the voice cast alone. It's incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's the voice cast is amazing. Like when you find out that like Andy Samberg and Bill Hader are the mystic and his like um, I forget his name. Was it the Wanderer? Anyway, the sounds right. Yeah. 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 The Skeksis and the mystic mystic duo. That was Andy Samberg and Bill Hader. Absolutely genius. Like the cast is so good. But each like every single detail of the show is incredible. It's so beautiful. Just the artistry behind it and the writing is so good. Like it's incredible. I am like telling everybody to watch it. Everybody in my group chat is super sick of me being like, hey, have you started Dark Crystal yet? So for me, that is my geek out of the week. Yeah. And look, guys, I mean, it's okay. I can understand because the original Dark Crystal, the movie, which is also fucking awesome. It's on Netflix and you should watch that, too. Sure. Um, it's I could see like seeing that and, and maybe not like having grown up on it. Like I'm a 90s kid. So like I saw that when, you know, when I was a kid and stuff. But same, you know, if you're if you're younger and if you or if you just weren't exposed to it, like I can see, you know, how a movie about puppets at this stage in your life <laughs> might not be like something that's like, ooh, gotta watch that, like gotta put it in my queue. Right. Get it. But See, I don't understand that because I'm like a hardcore Muppet stand, like everything Henson, I'm all about it. So for me, look, I'm like, oh my God, just like get with the program. But I understand. Yeah, Puppets aren't I'm everybody's 100% thing. I'm 100% there with you. But yeah. I, I get that 
like there's a lot of TV on, you know. There's so a it's lot. like you've got to be picky and and you know if puppets don't normally do it for you, like maybe you wouldn't. But, but they will do it for you this time. They will it's do so it good. For you. It's so it's good. It's so good. Yeah. And it's not just like puppets. I mean, the puppets are like what's uh, the best thing about the show is the puppets and the puppetry and how they fucking do that. I don't know. But there's also like just beautiful, beautiful animation and, and the set pieces, and world like building. Everything yeah. is incredible. It's, it's insane, like what they were able to do. And it's so true to the original work and. Um, I think probably to, to Henson's vision and it's a yeah, really good it's, it's amazing yeah it's such a beautiful expansion you know what I mean like it just it takes the seeds that were planted in the film and really just allow them to blossom it's so good how about you well <laughs> I mean obviously Dark Crystal yeah um, Dark Crystal Dark Crystal Dark Crystal <laughs> please go see it but uh, there's also a show that I've uh, been watching and it's it comes out this week um, it's uh, from BoJack Horseman creator uh, Raphael Bob Waxberg oh, and so uh, Kate Purdy, and um, it's on Amazon. It's called Undone, and it's okay. with Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk and Rosa Salazar. Oh yeah, I saw a trailer for that. It looked good. Yeah, it's the animation in this one. So it's it's animated, but don't think BoJack Horseman. It's not that style right. of animation. It is such a realistic style of animation that still is able to kind of take that like fantastical thread that you can't get in like live action yeah um it's a blend of genres it's it's so fucking crazy there's some some time travel there's a lot of talk about like mental illness and and healing from trauma there's just like so much going on in this show but i think what makes it insane is that so they acted this thing out like live action. Okay. And then they took that and transposed like the animation on top of it. Okay, so it's basically cool. like every scene was live acted and then they like traced it and did some like fucking magic. I mean, it was way more than tracing, but it, it's crazy. So just watch it. It's, I think it's like going to be like eight episodes, okay. uh, very short, like 30 minutes. So it's really like bingeable. Oh, um, and it's such an interesting story, too. But it's just visually like something I've never seen on TV before. That's so awesome. After the fucking puppets, go watch some animation. <laughs> and right. we are grown women. <laughs> we are both in our 30s, you know, so don't be questioning that. Like, right. we're adults. Right. So please go watch puppets and please go watch animated shows. Yeah. Yeah. People can benefit from that, 100%. <laughs> All right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all, bitches. 